Hi everyone, welcome back to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast, episode 60. Uh, I'm Colin McVader, and I am joined, as always, uh, by Clark Coffee. And today, we are discussing Clark's choice, uh, the 1999 film, Being John Malkovich. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing alright, man. How are you? I'm good. I am good. But I, what is being? What is well? What does I, it mean I, if I, I say I'm good? Uh, of course, sadly, our audience won't get to hear your first take on that intro. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> or perhaps, where, 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 or yeah. maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe I'll edit it in when <laughs> <laughs> it, you, when you, you were a little rusty and you were trying to find your words and you were like, "Me is Cullen," and then I thought, "Well, how, how appropriate?" Yeah. I mean, you know, like what. Are you really Cullen McFader? Yes, Are you yeah. being Cullen today? Is someone controlling you? Has someone entered a portal in some office building somewhere on the seventh and a half floor? Exactly. It's and just like, you know, someone's yeah, trying to speak through me now. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah. Excellent. I can't wait. I can't wait then. This is going to be exciting. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if A, first of all, episode 60. Woohoo. That's like amazing. Yeah, and... I'm always surprised at how many of these we've done. I've just like blows my mind and it's still fun. But yeah, I picked being John Malkovich. And uh, as we usually do, let's kind of dive into our personal experiences with the film. I, you said you'd seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've both watched it again recently so that we can discuss it now. But I'm kind of curious to hear a little bit about when you first saw it and kind of what that experience was like. And then what it was like now to to watch the film anew and what kind of just your like initial broad stroke impressions were of the film mm-hmm. yeah um so i first i think i first saw it um when i was 18 or 19 so yeah five or so years ago um and i remember you know i watched it with a friend who really really liked it and so i think that always mm. kind of that helps. helps bring you into something right um, yeah and it was, I think it was me, him, um, my girlfriend at the time, and then uh, somebody else. It was like a group of us. Um, yeah, okay. And I think he was the only one that actually seen it. I, I'd heard of it for ages. I And you watched it on like DVD yeah. or? Yeah. Okay. And it was just okay. a, 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 probably a DVD or a Blu-ray or something. Okay. Um, and um, I remember, yeah, we were all, none of us had seen it except for the one friend, but I was familiar with it. Like I knew of, of it. it, you knew, knew of about it, yeah. I knew Spike Jones. I knew Charlie Kaufman. I'd seen other Charlie Kaufman movies, actually, um, yeah. and other Spike Jones movies. So I, I wasn't unfamiliar with with the movie at all. I just had never gotten around to seeing it, right? Um, and I think I think I remember, you know, it it's both, you know, tonally predictable if you'd seen mm. their other work, but also yeah. at the same time, there's there's a certain aspect of their work that makes it kind of impossible to predict. Like you kind of, mm-hmm. you can guess if you're, you know, if you're hearing that, that Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones are making a movie together. It's like, okay, I can probably understand ca- what the tone <laughs> is going to be like scene to scene. Right. Um, now, of at course, the same time, it, because of that, because of their way of making movies, there's also no way to predict what those scenes will actually consist of. Um, like there's some really genuinely funny bits in this movie that are just so yeah. nonsensical like the, the speech impediment <laughs> thing when she's like i, I love have that. no idea and just how flatly <laughs> she plays that the the receptionist or whatever he calls her the like his like yeah exceptional you know organizer of something or yeah 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 and orson bean like, so such flatly is a... yeah oh man he's great yeah he's great in this film it's one of my favorite performances so well it's interesting you know as you describe this i want to di- like delve into it a little bit more but you yeah because you kind of have had an opposite 
uh, first experience than me because when I first saw this film, it was I actually saw it in the theater mm-hmm. on release, and so this is Spike. You know, obviously Spike had done skateboard videos, he had done music videos. <clears throat> now I hadn't seen any of his skateboard work, but I had seen. Uh, his music videos and actually like you know he was a name like he was a known entity in the music video world unlike most music videos because he had done you know pretty significant work with like the beastie boys who i was a big fan of so i was kind of aware of him and he was maybe one of the more prominent uh music video directors and Mm -hmm. he was also like he was kind of he was young and he was like hipper and you know he was kind of like traveled around in the skateboard world and so his choices visually too like yeah music videos you can see these like really really kind of wild artistic choices totally and and kind of rebellious in in the way that he directed and what he did and uh so i (laughs) which i really wasn't familiar with at the time or and i i might have even actually kind of been you know that's that's stupid i'm not interested in that but we could talk about that later but i um but yeah, it was from his music videos. And then I didn't have any idea who Charlie Kaufman was at this time. This is also his first film. Mm-hmm. So for me going into the film, I mean, I I remember watching the advertisements, right? I remember seeing like trailers and, and promos for it. And I was like, whoa, this like seems so unique. Like this, this seems unlike any film I had seen before. It's premise, mm-hmm. right? The the overall premise and the, and kind of, I was just like, what? You know? And it's it's just like, okay, wait a minute. Cusack, who's somebody I knew, you know, from way back when he was a a teen actor, right? Mm -hmm. I've known him as an actor my whole life. And like, wait, he's like this, like, kind of, you know, this this puppeteer, this kind of like down and out puppeteer. And he, wait, he's working on like some weird seven and a half floor that's like a four and a half foot tall room. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, wait a minute, they're going inside of John Malkovich? What? Like... I was mind blown, you know. Yeah, this kind of meta aspect. To yeah, it. so so you kind of saw it backwards in the sense that you went into it and you're like, okay, I, I know what to expect here. Okay, there's good, it's like wackiness is definitely gonna ensue. Ensue. It's gonna be like this big meta experience. Kaufman's mm-hmm. written it, but how did you? So so do you remember what you felt about the film when you first saw yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I I um. I'm not, I have a, another friend, not the friend who showed me this, but I have another friend who's really like... No way. You loves, have another... Yeah, I've got more than one. Okay, <laughs> you have another friend. All right, cool. So I just want to make sure. one, if we can believe it. There's a second friend, <laughs> breaking news. I'm just um, kidding. I, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he really loves um, like Kaufman's work. Um, uh-huh. And very much when he was in like film school would like kind of emulate him and write like him. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, this kind of again, I I described it to you earlier as like, you know, they all kind of center on these like sex, just sex deprived, lonely men kind of thing. And but what? Just very, but, and looking at the funny of that and kind of or the, the humor right. in that. And kind but of when you were but when you were a kid, when you were younger and you saw mm-hmm. it, like, did you like the, just simply? Did did you yeah, like I mean, it? it? Were you interested in it? Did you think it was like kind of what were your? How did it strike you in that naive? moment of not having seen it before i'm gonna i'm gonna use an odd word and and i say it was it was surprisingly digestible (laughs) okay i i think i expected it to be um a little bit more out there maybe in the air and like you know in the clouds in a way like it was i thought it was gonna be um more philosophical and and which it is i mean it's undoubtedly there's like a lot of personal and kind of 
deep philosophical meaning to a lot of it some of what is potentially yeah we'll discuss that when we get to themes but it's Um, like i think that uh just yeah on the basis of i i enjoyed it and i think that i um it definitely i mean i didn't watch it again for i think two years after that yeah so i've seen it i think only three times including okay this this watch um and yeah i think it it just it's strange i think i've almost had a a slightly different reaction every time i've watched it but they've always been like positive i've never okay felt so what did you think so so now you you, you've seen it recently it's fresh in your mind and you're watching it you know with it with a little more of an analytical bent obviously because we're Mm -hmm. you we're discussing it what were kind of your initial like big reactions to it this time i think it's um i mean you 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 actually mentioned this but i i had similar feelings about the fact that it's visually very stripped down yeah, um, which I was surprised about. That yeah, hit me first. It, like that, and it's like comparing that to again Spike Jones' work as a yeah, like a music video producer. And again, you think of like the skateboard video as a genre, and it's very like super fisheye, lots of handheld and cool like crazy yeah. angles and things like that. More avant garde. Yeah, it was... and and this is very you know, there's not really like not to I'm not trying to insult or, or demean the movie in any way, but there's not really much going on visually for like 95 percent of this movie <laughs> yeah um, i would agree and i was really surprised by it i and mm-hmm. and look it, it 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 could very i mean obviously these are choices that the director made it's you know so i have to assume these are on purpose of course and so you have to think well this is meant to, to kind of mirror or illustrate emphasize the lives of these characters right but it's just this drabness this beigeness this flatness mm-hmm permeates so much of the film it works for the subject like i think that it really it works for kuzak's character and this kind of bizarre it almost grounds it in a weird way like i feel like you could shoot this in sort Mm. of like a wes anderson style which would be you know you get to the seven and a half floor and and it's like so almost the cartoon is zany yeah and whereas this almost grounds it in kind of puts you again in in Cusack's shoes who is while he's not a normal guy in this he's kind of odd he is the most normal <laughs> in the movie um and so like you know his reaction to the fact that there's low ceilings and that these people are like oh, i have a speech impediment times you're very kind to me <laughs> and it's like you know he's always just sitting there and which i think is, is a great great on his part i think he, he does a really good job with the role um, yeah, but also really again pairing that with the visuals that kind of ground it. And so make that's it interesting. More recognizable yeah. as like okay, this so it's is almost sort of out, of, out of whack. Yeah, you know? so it's almost like like that's an interesting interpretation that it's almost okay visually. It's 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 almost mundane, uh, and I would say that like yeah, I mean a lot. It's very utilitarian. It's very mm-hmm. it it's not stylistically shot at all. Uh, with the exception of you know the chase scene and the end and near the climax through uh, Malkovich's subconscious, um, where we have some interesting you know unique uh, shooting going on there, um, but yeah, I mean like by and large it's you know even when we're inside Malkovich's mind, it's you know the way they treat that is just a very simple POV shot, a little bit of sound design, but it's really. It's it's very very simply done. I think you know maybe mm-hmm. one of the more striking scenes is is when Malkovich is um, 
talking to all these other different versions of himself. If I'm not mistaken, I think he goes like inside his own yeah, he mind, goes inside right? His own mind. It's kind of like a paradox, <laughs> and, I guess. And yeah. he's in a restaurant. Yeah, and he's in a restaurant, and and, and this it's is actually kind the of the Queen Mary in California. That ah, the observation it, deck, that's yeah. probably at Long Beach then. Yeah. And um, and he's and 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 it's actually a pretty good uh, CGI effect for that era. Actually pulled it off was, quite yeah, well. It was a big combo. It was a lot of it. Some of it was CG, and some of it was just the extras masks. wearing masks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. a pretty ingenious way of uh, doing yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they pull that off very well, and I think that was really interestingly stylistically done. But yeah, I mean, and maybe you're right. I was just going to say, not maybe you're right. I mean, it's an interesting interpretation um, that, you know, it, it keeps the film so grounded and it makes the film seem so matter-of-fact mm-hmm. visually when when the story is so outrageous. And I think that's kind of one of my biggest takeaways was just how I felt like the writing... I don't want to say overwhelms, but I but but it almost feels like like television in the sense that the writer is the primary major creative yeah. force behind a project, mm-hmm. and 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 usually of course the director is the major you know primary creative force in a film, and mm-hmm. it almost feels like here we have Kaufman's voice that the writing and his his premise so over. I don't want to say overwhelming because that overwhelming has a negative connotation, but it's kind of influences so substantial. I I well, I think it's just it, the, the, the Kaufman's voice is so substantial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in his script that it just kind of, you know, uh, I don't get a sense as much of who Spike Jones is as a director. You know, the, the yes. things that he, yeah. the personality he shows in his video work before this and even work that he's done since. Now I know this is Jones' first film, his first feature, and you know it's almost like I would have expected something similar to, let's say, maybe like a PTA, where mm-hmm. his first couple films, you know, he's really working hard to prove himself, and you've got long, you know, long oneers, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of like dynamic camera movement, and zooms while dollying, and all yeah, that yeah, thing. all this kind of, you know, very like lyrical camera and a lot of movement going Super and everything kinetic. in it. Yeah. And you almost feel like, right, like Jones would have come from, you know, I, I was almost surprised that he didn't come to that here. Now, I'm not suggesting he should have. And maybe it speaks to a confidence that he had to just to, you know, that the script is there. It's solid. I'm, I'm telling this story and I don't mm-hmm. need all that fancy stuff because that's kind of where PTA came later. Right. When PTA yeah. matured as a filmmaker, he's and like, it's I don't very, need to. He's very uh, subdued. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do all these wacky things to prove myself. Which I actually, um, just briefly on PTA, I, 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 yeah. I, I prefer his more recent work because of that. That like kind of minimalist, very um, yeah. confident in, in yeah. like simple setups, um, I think. Yeah, and so really I'm well. not knocking Jones at all. You know, no, for, for his th- work here. I was I just surprised. Also, it, it, it goes, it really, I think it, another thing about it is that the again jones direction works with the subject matter be, like because you think about it like there's not really any like magic in them of course mm. there's a portal to john malkovich's mind but it's played so straight and like yeah. nobody even questions it yeah and you know you could have a version of the script where they land on the top of the empire state building when they when they come out of his mind or something but no it's the new jersey turnpike yeah. like, it's like it, <laughs> yeah yeah it's, so i think that everything is you take, and I think it's actually quite ingenious in the way it's written because you take this really, really fanciful, crazy, like insane idea and this really bizarre premise, and but you make everything, like you said, mundane. 
Yeah, you're throwing mm-hmm. out on the New Jersey Turnpike. It's behind a filing cabinet. It's like, <laughs> you know, all these things that are like, he's a puppeteer. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you got all these things that, that just, everything else is so, so, so stripped down and mundane that, that the, you almost are like, okay, yeah, this thing has to be real. because Or, or like, you know, that they have monkey, like a monkey lives in the house. Yeah, and, and that, like you know, it's birds, like, and, yeah. and, and the monkey is going through therapy, you know. Mm. Or, I mean, it, just the fact that this it's a seventh and a half floor and it's like half the side, you know, half the, 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 uh, the root, you know, the ceiling is like half as low as a regular ceiling. So yeah, everybody nobody has to knows stoop why. And, and <laughs> all of these little like surreal, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would say they're like surreal twists, you know, mm-hmm. and I think Kaufman has obviously shown that that's, you know, in, in, I've not seen every single one of his films, but I've seen many and I feel like you know, he has a surreal touch to everything he does. You know, there's a surreal flavor, um, which I enjoy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, because it's, it's, uh, especially in today's day and age with films, I, you know, it's, I think we've said this about other films. I'd be surprised if this film could get made and distributed worldwide. You know, I mean, you know, major, you know, major theatrical release of yeah. a film like this in today's day and age, sadly, you know, mm-hmm. um, well, apparently but, New Line was originally going to, like, that it was pitched to New Line, and then Robert yeah. Shea said, why the fuck can't it be being Tom Cruise? <laughs> was his response. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, why can't it be Tom Cruise? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I could see that, you know, and it's my understanding, and I, I might have misheard this or misunderstood it, but it was my understanding that Kaufman wrote it specifically with Malkovich in it, and that they mm-hmm. really stuck to their guns, that they felt it was vital for this for Malkovich to be the actor, the celebrity that they were going into the mind of, and that it wouldn't just work if you switched it out to another, to another person. And I do have to say, I mean, I think that it's, it's perfect. I I'm like, now, obviously I'm looking backwards at a film that's art, but, but it's like, it, it would have been a different film had anybody else been used. And I think Malkovich has just this perfect, I don't know. You know what I mean? He's like, like he has this perfect level, especially back then, of like j- just it's like actor, John Malkovich, like art. Yeah, like yeah I don't even know. Is, like, how do like, you define? I know yeah. it's like it's like John Malkovich is just John Malkovich. You know, yeah. it's like I and the and I don't even know. I actually need to look this up because I doubt it had come out. Had it come out yet? His uh, what was that movie where he played that Russian? Uh, uh, card char- or gambler oh, guy, poker um, dude. Do you remember when was yeah. that? Was, uh, what is that called? Um, it's called Rounders. Okay, yes, yes, yes. So Rounders came out a year before this film. Now, okay, this yeah. is this is where it's like. So you've got Malkovich, right? I just want to go off on a tangent here for a little bit. You've got like he's in Dangerous Liaisons, right? Mm-hmm. He's in, you know, um, what other films was he in? The in? Line like, of Fire. Like he's this real yeah. actor, right? Like he's an actor actor and and then he's in like con air mm-hmm. <laughs> which Classic is great Nicholas Cage, and, yeah. and then he's in rounders and i and, and and do you remember rounders have you seen it i've not seen it. i know it though I, okay I know. okay yeah. so he plays this character named keddy Te, sorry teddy kgb so <laughs> which he's russian okay he's yeah. supposed to be this russian like card shark gambler guy right mm-hmm. okay um, poker master, okay, and he's kind of set up as the, I, I, for lack of a better term, like the the villain, right? He's, mm-hmm. and he has this Russian accent. After the show, you need to go look it up, but it is one of the most re- 
ridiculously like i mean I, I mean i think it's great i think it's wonderful but it's hysterical i mean yeah. it's so over the top it's so ridiculous so to me like him coming off that and being in this film is just perfect it's just yeah, it's perfect really yeah. cuz it's not like he's cuz he's clearly a great actor but he's also in his own way kind of goofy and kind mm-hmm. of you know what i mean like his roles have been kind of colorful and anyway, I sorry to go off on a tangent here, but no, I thought okay. yeah, I, I thought it was hysterical that it was John Malkovich. Well, apparently, the first like drafts had nothing to do with the idea too, of like mm. going into anyone's mind, right? And that it was just supposed to be written about a guy who falls in love with someone other than his wife, and then oh, interesting that, that like in the first few scripts there was like a the floor seven and a half came in and things like that, and then it was passed a bunch like passed you know. Pastor just in gets, Hollywood turned down, yeah. and then um, Kaufman sent it to Coppola, who then passed it on to Spike Jones because he was with he was dating um, Sofia Coppola at the time. Right, right, yep. And that was 1994, I think. So it, it was so they've been for work- a while, and, yeah. Because then they eventually got married and then divorced. But and another fun fact is that it on it uh, started shooting on my birthday. So there you go. Ah, my, my very first birthday. So. Well, there you go. Maybe Your I very first Malkovich. birthday. <laughs> right. As they well, say in the movie, you know, when the person's born, you go in. That's, maybe that's what happens. You get absorbed. You get absorbed. Mm-hmm. So maybe I you have some. absorbed by Spike Jones or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, so okay. So obviously John Malkovich, he's, his name's in the title. But we've got some other interesting performances here. I mean, John Cusack, who, again, I'd kind of hinted at, you know, he'd been around for me since I was a kid and I kind of grew up watching, you know, so many of his roles, you know, like say anything, the Cameron Crowe flick. I thought he was actually fantastic. Not actually. I mean, it's no actually to it. He was flat out fantastic in, in the grifters, which was a 1990 film. Um, I mean, he just been around, right. He's been in a million films. I can't even, Mm -hmm. you know, Better Off Dead, which was a, a flick from my childhood. Yep. Uh, One Crazy Summer, which is another flick from my childhood um, that I loved. Um, I don't know, not many people have seen this, but Tapeheads was a film that I liked when I was a, a kid. Um, so he'd just been around, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and done so many films. Uh, and so by the time he had come to this, you know, I was, it was a fun thing for me to see him in, um, in such an interesting role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, I think his performance is pretty interesting in the film and, mm-hmm. yeah. and, yeah, and you're definitely. right. I mean, it's very grounded. He plays it very straight there. It, there's all these surrealistic touches, but you know, he plays it maybe, well, I mean, everybody plays it pretty straight, I think, except for Orson Bean. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like his performance is quite good in the film. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Cusack. I, I again, he is. It's almost like the perfect, like inoffensive casting for the movie mm. in a way, right? Like that. Yeah. That he's not. Um, like he's. It's. It kind of perfectly is in sync with John Cus or John Malkovich because you're kind of like, oh yeah, okay, John Cusack. Yeah. Like it's not like he, he mm. didn't get like a, a DiCaprio or like Tom Hanks or someone who's. Kind of, <laughs> you know known for this would be interesting though i i'd like to imagine like uh leonardo dicaprio in this film i i I feel like if if leo were in this film there'd be a lot more crying yes and screaming yeah and screaming crying when he locks his wife in the cage would be very 
dramatic. <laughs> and don't get but me no, wrong. But that's I, what I mean. I, I love that's Leo. Like, yeah. That, that's why I kind of think that, that Cusack is perfect for this, because it's like, even when he seems angry and is like yelling and things like, you still almost get this idea that he's going to say sorry after every single you know, line. And <laughs> well, he, he's really like, yeah. for his character. Yeah, no, I think it really does. And I mean, he kind of almost, it's like, sure, he's filing in a beige you know, cubicle farm office building. Cause that's like, I feel like that's exactly where he'd be, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think those were a lot of the roles that he played in those movies that I had mentioned where he, you know, even though these are kind of teen comedies, fun films, he was always kind of like, I don't want to say like the straight man, but you know, to some extent. Yeah. Or he mm -hmm. was kind of this like slightly outsider, slightly kind of disaffected, slightly, you know, um, and, and I think it's really unique in that it's like he's like a leading man, but he's like not a leading man, you know. Um, and I and I think it just works perfectly for this film. I think what they do with Cameron Diaz is really interesting too, you know, because we we see her here and like and and like everything else that we've almost discussed in the film, except for the script. It's like so underplayed, like they. They make her so plain, like so mm -hmm. purposely, clearly yeah. plain. You know, she had like been in the mask. Type, yeah. yeah, kind of against type, right? It's like they hire an actress who is known for her beauty and, and uh, you know, she was in the mask and she was in, um, oh boy, now I'm like blinking. What else? She'd been in a couple films, but I think the mask and then um, there's something about Mary. Were the were two big films right before yeah. this, yeah. And so and so clearly she had like established her comedy chops with there's something about Mary. Well, and the mask too, frankly. Um, but yeah, here she she's like got this crazy like wig on and she's like really uh, just under made up, wears like sweatpants and stuff, you know. And uh, her best friend is a little monkey, <laughs> mm -hmm. but. Uh, yeah, that I, I feel like that was an interesting choice to see. And I think at the time, especially people were surprised by that. You know, it's like, well, why in the world did you hire Cameron Diaz then if you were going to yeah, do this? Yeah. And it's you know? like you, you almost don't even know it's her. Like it's it's yeah, very interesting. Um, she's and she does a good job. Like she does genuinely a very good job at, at um, you know, again, not she doesn't she she clearly intentionally does not play the type and put a lot of work into not being Cameron Diaz. Um, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's acting, but but in a way that I think it's it's very fat. Like it almost takes you a second to go like, oh, that's Cameron Diaz. Like you don't <laughs> yeah, really yeah. realize who it is at the at, the, at first. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think and, and Catherine Keener, who you know, I don't know that I had I was too aware of her when the film originally came out, but I think like to me, her character is one of the more interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it, it's it's weird because I feel like her character kind of actually has the most arc. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and not that I think a character has to have an arc, you know, I mean, because clearly, you know, Cusack doesn't change. Right. If we follow him through no, the film, he, he doesn't change kind of beginning and same. Well, thing, he, yeah. he, I mean, he, he doesn't learn. He doesn't change. And he's literally chosen at the end to, to be absorbed inside of this child's brain only to kind of pine away. Yeah. And and look at his wife have a relationship with somebody else without him, right? Yeah. yeah. He's literally chosen that instead of leading his own life. Mm -hmm. And so I don't feel, you know, I don't get a sense that he's really learned or grown or done anything. Cameron Diaz, I feel like, um, kind of also, in a certain sense, has kind of stayed the same. Um, mm -hmm. 
or not change very much, but but Catherine Keener, it's like she starts off the film and she's so icy and cold and kind of, or I don't know if icy and cold is the right, but she's just like, sort of you don't you don't get a lot of like empathy emanating or warmth yeah, coming from she's, her character. She's sort of almost only interested in in her own like very. Not self-preservation, Very but she like selfish. is only yeah yeah yeah, and and but not she's in like kinda, a malicious way. She just doesn't really no, it's care just, about anything. It's going just on a matter of fact, of yeah. right? And she's like, "How can we profit off this? I'm gonna we're gonna like sell tickets to John yeah. Malkovich's mine. You yeah. know, we're gonna profit off of it, or it's like, hey, you know, don't you know? It's just really like you know, very abruptly, kind of like, well, what what can you do for me? Or I'm not into you know. It's just kind of. And by the end, it's like you see her in this real, seemingly like loving, warm relationship mm-hmm. with Cameron Diaz's character. They have a child, you know. I mean, she she. So it it honestly, and I was surprised by that. I'd forgotten about that actually uh, until I had watched it now. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it just I, I was just kind of surprised. But I think like, but her performance I think is fantastic. Uh, so like across, and we already talked about Orson Bean, who is like hysterical. I think. <laughs> oh God, he's great. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. I, I mean, his performance is almost—it feels like it's almost kind of like tongue in cheek. Like it's like you yeah. know everybody else is playing this so straight, but he's—he comes on, and especially when we first meet him in the office for the interview, he's so tongue in cheek, and it's kind of like, like, hey, like a hey, Monty Python sketch or something. Yeah, 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 it's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know. Yeah, or when they're when they're trying to like say, oh, we'll kill your wife, and then he hangs up. Up and then he's like, "Oh, he called our bluff." <laughs> it's like this, this <laughs> yeah, yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost like he's in a different movie than the other actors, but it works. You yeah. know, it yeah. still works. I just love it. I. So you know, it it's, it, but again, I just you know, so what I now I watched the film, and I enjoyed it, but I'm kind of like scratching my head a little bit at the end. I have to say. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, now this is not a bad thing. I think this is a good thing. In the sense that I'm kind of like, okay, what in the world did all this mean? Mm-hmm. Not that I have to have a film, you know, uh, be about anything explicitly at all. I don't. Um, but I am, I'm always kind of like curious. Like, I wonder, well, what's the director saying? What is the writer saying? Kind of, you know, how do I feel about this? And this was a film that I'm kind of like, I, I really at least yet, maybe I'll get there, you know, in, in as we discuss it here. But I don't have this like great articulation, like this really articulate explanation of, of what I kind of think or feel about yeah. what the movie yeah. might be trying to say. Um, what yeah, are your I thoughts mean, on that? Because it touches on so many things. It touches on celebrity. It touches on, you know, um, identity. Um, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, uh, I mean, this idea of like, well, Cusack says in the movie, like this idea of being in someone else's skin. And it's like, he's this yeah. guy who can never say the right thing. Right. Like in that, it literally to a point that every single thing that he says, I want to say for the first, like 70% of the movie it results in something negative consequence. Like, legitimately yeah. every line. Like um, everybody responds to him practically, except now, interestingly that you say, except for Orson Bean. Yeah, but even Orson Who's Bean, the... like when you think about how whenever he's the Orson Bean's like comes up to him and is like, "Oh, don't you talk to you know her that way?" And <laughs> if I was twenty years younger, I'd I'd knock your I'd... ears off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's this like so, but but exactly that there's an Orson Bean is very much, I want to say also the only only actor in the movie that's like purposefully playing comedy too, like is yeah. playing for for comedic 
kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then well, you've Ma- Mary got, Kay then Place. We, Mary a, Kay Place is, is yes. playing. Yeah, it, yeah, they're kind of a duo together. But yeah, uh, you've got yeah a little bit of a, a yeah. Um, and then but then and then suddenly you've got this character that's yeah again that never says anything right that is completely, you know. And then he he is transported into the mind of for 15 minutes of yeah. the um like a good actor a great actor you know I, I like john malkovich a lot yeah but like also just kind of like the most like banal choice of like now, and, now and here's that, here's what i would have done Here, here's what i would have done here's mm-hmm. what i would have done okay i've just i'm a riff on an idea for just a second okay we'll have a like maybe we can have a new segment in our in our podcast where it's like how would I have done this differently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm like second guessing Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman, but just, just let's play a thought experiment. So how cool would have this been if we, you know, we, we have, uh, we have this guy, we have Cusack, he's a puppeteer, which is, it's, it's a hundred percent. It's a, it's a type of acting. It's a performance art. Okay. So very close, honestly, to what Malkovich does. And I think, you know, we explore this in the film a little bit, right? It's kind of meta, and these are actors in a performance already mm-hmm. talking about performance and acting. Um, but when he goes into Malkovich for the for the first time, he he pops in during a take of Malkovich on set for the film Rounders, where he's playing <laughs> Teddy KGB. <laughs> and we can hear the literal like lines from the movie, like where he's in a scene that we recognize from the movie having just come out. And so Cusack gets to like spend, you know, the 15 minutes on set of this major motion picture with Matt Damon sitting right ne- across from him. And they're at the card table and they're playing poker and they're shooting a scene. That's mm-hmm. how I would have done it different. Yeah. And then it's, there's, even a third, there's another layer of, of like meta, you know, he's playing, even Malkovich is playing someone else. Yeah. I mean, no, we but could just, it, that, that should be, that should be, I think we should add that segment to. You like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, how can we play armchair director, you know, yeah. and, and second guess people's filmmaking, which is not actually my intention at all. I just had, I just had this idea, but, but you know, sometimes it's like, cause you wonder, it's like, I don't know how Kaufman writes, you know, um, and, and I know some, just in my own writing, you know, a lot of times, like some things are, are conscientious, like some things are very conscientious where it's like, okay, I like I'm shooting for some kind of like way to express an idea or a theme. And so, you know, you're, you're reaching for some kind of symbology. And, and a lot of times, though, and I think this is maybe when when the writing's better, all of that stuff is kind of subconscious, you know, and it's not a conscientious like goal to to create or utilize symbology, but rather I'm just it's just kind of like flowing forth from me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how Kaufman writes, and I don't know if if his symbology or if his stories are very conscientious and they're methodical, and he, you know, or or if he kind of writes from his subconscious more. I, I don't know, yeah. but maybe you know, an argument for the latter would be that I don't feel like this film in what it's saying is really easy to categorize. I think if you had 10 people watch it, you'd probably have 10 different interpretations of, of what the film is about, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I really like that about this film. You know, I really like this about a film. And I think we've talked before about, 
you know, especially in the like biopic genre where recently we've just had films that so overly simplify, you know, the people's lives or the characters and the stories and it, and it just, and the, and the symbology or, or the themes are so on the nose and you feel like you're being hit over the head as an mm-hmm. audience member being told what to think about what's on screen. And so at least for me, I, I, I feel like that's not the case even remotely with Hoffman's mm-hmm. films and with this mm-hmm. film as well, which I love. I wish there was more of that. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, kind of just like he throws up ideas without worrying to handhold the audience through like yeah. what his philosophy is, which is, is refreshing. Cause again, like you said, a lot of times a movie like, like I think of some movies that, you know, have come out recently that are very similar in the sense that they're like kind of this like high concept idea and they've got, mm-hmm. you know, this philosophy to them. And yet they just are so on the nose in terms of like what, they, like, you know, as much as we don't like to, it's manipulative. Talk They're manipulative about other movies, but the the yeah. the movie um, "Don't Look Up" that just came out last year. Okay, yeah, um, I saw was, that. Which had you know, Leo, a lot of people right. really liked, but I I found it it was kind of again in the opposite vein of this movie, where it's like, again, you've got this high concept, you've got this idea that like an asteroid's coming to destroy Earth, and like how people respond, and yet. It was but so... the concept is so underutilized. It's another. Yeah. I think it's another. I know you're going in a different direction. You're mm-hmm. using it as an example of kind of a preachiness or an on the noseness. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah. an example since being John Malkovich is also. I think you could argue in a sense. It, I don't know if I'd say it's high concept, but there is a high concept there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but the film isn't execute. I don't know. Uh, isn't executed exactly like high. Con- Maybe it is. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. But but yeah, I'd say I, yeah. The, the the subject matter of John Malkovich's high concept, but the way in which it's like the workmanship behind it is not high yeah. concept. You know, one of sense. the things that I thought about, and I just as I just take this through with you, you know, and mm-hmm. this this is like ninety nine. Now in ninety nine, obviously, like. Celebrity has been a major, you know, people have lived through the lives to some extent of celebrities for decades and decades and decades, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, and, and certainly in 99, there was there was already a substantial celebrity culture in this country and in, in Canada where you're at and, and other countries. Mm-hmm. And but what's interesting is that 99 is kind of the beginning of the Internet being available to a wider and wider audience or wider and wider group of users. And, you know, because um, I'm trying to think, I think 94 would have been when I first really used the Internet. And by 99, I think it was quite prevalent or, you know, much more so. And I almost it's interesting where we've gone now with 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 virtual realities or virtual, you know, virtual images or or. or uh, avatars of ourself online right mm-hmm. and that could be something as simple as like you have a username that's that's not you on twitter or you actually have like a an actual avatar in a video game or what is facebook now what do they call themselves meta is that what meta, facebook? Yeah. yeah yeah and and you know and the, it's trying to like create this entirely like you know synthesized symbolic virtual world where avatars yeah. of people will interact with and I think it's interesting, you know, it's one of the things that I really thought of here, and it's maybe it's kind of a superficial thing, but this idea of like, 
you know, living through someone else, right? And obviously, Cusack's character does this in this film, you know, it's and very consciously goes into this person's life, learns to kind of manipulate and control them, and then uses this this other person's life to achieve their goals and dreams of, mm-hmm. in this case, of being a successful puppeteer. And, you know, utilizing the fame that uh, Malkovich already had to do so. Um, it's just very interesting to me how the world has kind of moved on 20 years plus after this film and how so many people live through, you know, uh, either either avatars they've created for themselves in, in a virtual existence online mm-hmm. or live through the celebrity of other people and... Uh, I, I just think that's that's intriguing. Um, anyway, it was yeah, just one I of mean, the things the, that I, I thought the, about. Like you said, like celebritydom and fandom these days is such a a different place than it was, you know, even ten years ago, where it's like people have these parasocial relationships with mm. with celebrities that they believe are their friends because mm. they can follow them on Twitter. They can tweet, yeah, they can on, like you know, tweet, they see yeah. their daily life on Instagram. And it's like, it, it almost goes along with the whole mm. idea of, and, you know, we're getting not off topic, but very No, broad this is here, right but, on topic. But the, yeah, this is but right the idea that, um, you know, like talk shows um, all kind of are dwindling and like Conan O'Brien just ended his because he was like, you know, I'm going to do something a little bit more contemporary. And... Um, because you, you know, what was the talk show originally? It was this, this, you know, half hour program to get to know a celebrity because you had no other way of, of doing that. Well, and they were, they would always, normally, it was promotion. Right? It was yeah, an advertisement. It was, it was, it was an ad. It was an ad. And also, yeah. yeah, it was like the only place that you could see right. a celebrity kind of just like kick back and, and have a conversation with someone. It wasn't that, you know, wasn't a, a direct, you know, necessarily a direct interview about a specific project, project or yeah. something like that. Um, right. And now with social media, where I can go on on Twitter, God forbid, or I can go on Instagram or <laughs> yeah. anything, and I can see again, I can like literally go and look at Kim Kardashian's Instagram story and see what she's been up to today. Um, and I can mm-hmm. go and I oh, can how see, exciting! <laughs> I can go see what John Cusack's thoughts on you know the most recent election are, right from his own mouth, right? It's yep, like, yeah, yeah. So there's this really interesting, you know, link between this idea that, you know, and it's almost perhaps it's like this predict where it's like, it's funny how overt people are. The guy that's like, that comes in and he's like, oh, you know, Malkovich was my second choice and, and goes in and is super excited. And everyone's like thrilled when they come out of the, on the, the New Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, and, yeah. And I feel like, you know, again, I was I was one years old when this movie came out, but... Um, Which blows my mind, by the yeah. way. Totally but, uh, blows my mind. I was it, graduated it, it, college. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it's it's funny how, and I, I assume because it was like this when I was growing up, even that that kind of overt, you know, with very with exceptions, you know, there was obviously like Beatlemania, and there was like people would like pass out at Elvis and Michael Jackson concerts, <laughs> things like that. But in terms of in terms yeah. of like this celebrity worship that like permeates every single like day-to-day life in every aspect was kind of something that was like exaggerated in this movie whereas nowadays like if you were to reshoot this movie you would almost think that those people that like are so you know almost like have filled with contempt about themselves that they just mm. want to go and live in the, the the eyes of a, a celebrity 
it would almost be too realistic to be like high concept fantasy yeah. in, in yeah. this day and age. Like that, like yeah. think about the idea of going into John Malkovich's head and seeing what he sees through a POV. Like we kind of already get to do that every day now. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. So. You're right, and it's almost like, yeah, you're, we do. We, we there's it's almost like the uniqueness of that, right? Mm-hmm. of that experience is has been reduced because you're right it's like i can go on twitter and you know uh specifically john cusack is there expressing his personal opinions like every five minutes and you're just like okay well jeez, i'm practically like you know <laughs> like i'm in his mind i mean obviously mm-hmm. you're not but but yeah i mean the idea of that i think you know i, I there are so many interesting like tangents or like interesting ideas that are almost kind of dangled in front of us, but then kind of not done a lot with really that I, there's a part of me that thinks that there's more potential than there is actual payoff in this film, but I don't Mm -hmm. know how I feel about that. You know, I, I, there's part of me that's like, well, Hey, that's okay. It's like, it's enough to kind of like, to, to, to fill up the film with some density and let you kind of mull it over and think about it and 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 have and have more to discuss you don't have to tie everything up in a nice little bow that you introduce into a film right and so mm-hmm. I I guess maybe I'm okay with that but just one of the things that I'm thinking of kind of spe- specifically that I actually thought on this rewatch because I hadn't seen it in so long was going to be more of a part of the film was, so Lottie, you know, the character that the Cameron Diaz plays mm-hmm. when she is first, you know, when when Cusack's character, uh, Craig, uh, introduces her to the portal and they're able to go through. She goes through that and is in Malkovich's mind. Her interpretation of that is kind of like an awakening of a, tra- a transgender identity. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's explicitly said like her character explicitly says that it's like. Um, you know, I, I'm going to paraphrase. I can't remember exactly, but it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I realized when I was in Malkovich that I like meant to be a man, I think is, is roughly how that goes. But then we don't really see too much more of this. I mean, there is this plot idea about how Catherine Keener's character um, is, you know, um, has a sexual relationship with Cameron Diaz when she's inside the body of Malkovich. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that's definitely, we continue that on to the point where Cameron Diaz is in a relationship with Catherine Keener at the end of the film. But it's just, that's just one kind of interesting thing to me that it's like, it seemed so poignant. And maybe that's because now this is such a, a topic uh, in today's world but um, and probably 20 plus years ago, I would have had less exposure um, to transgender, you know, identity issues and things. But it just stuck out to me. I was like, whoa. And then we but we don't go anywhere really with that. I don't think um, by the end of the film, just kind of one example that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot yeah. of little things, I think, like that um, in the film. And I yeah, guess it's like a, an infusing of like identity in all kind of forms. In, in a yeah, way yeah, like, yeah. Like, and yeah. I guess that's a good way to see is that identity is clearly identity is a huge um, is a huge part of this. Um, and it's and and it's interesting, too. And I don't know that, you know, the film is clearly not moralizing, which I like. And I don't think Kaufman really ever delves into 
moralization. He just kind of presents things and and you can kind of decide for yourself. But it is a little bit interesting that, you know, it feels so punitive for Cusack's character, for Craig at the end of the film. He's in this mm -hmm. prison where he's just reduced to basically pining over a lost relationship and think you know a person he can't have yeah um yeah. inside the mind of you know where it's basically he's imprisoned inside the mind of another of a child yeah and and i it, it almost feels punitive for his for him trying to find success and expression through the fame and body of another person mm -hmm. which is interesting you know um so yeah, there's a lot of different things going on in this film. And and I still have not, you know, I think it would, I don't know if I would ever get myself to a point where I would be able to dissect it and articulate it perfectly. But I think that's, I mean, hey, that's Kaufman, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. No, exactly. That's yeah. Like you, you, you know, you look at his other movies again and you see, again, very similar themes and yet it, they're tough to predict and they're tough to... In their in their detail in the execution, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah, well, which is and sure. I I found out that he wrote a book. And I don't know if you've heard of it. I think it's called Ant oh, really? Kind. That Kaufman okay, wrote a book. No, I, I think a couple of years ago. Yeah, read it. So I'd be curious to. I think I'm going to pick that up and and check it out. And uh, I've also kind of made a little bit of of homework for myself to read his scripts because I'd be curious to see. How, you know, I'm always curious to see how scripts are translated by directors into the, you know, the final film that we get to see. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think especially with Kaufman, because, again, I just feel like his stamp is so strong yes. um, uh, in this film that it that it, it's just it almost feels kind of, um, again, I don't want to say overwhelming because that feels negative, but it's just so, so significant. But, mm -hmm. yeah, well, I. Hey, I, I guess that's that's where we'll probably wrap up uh, mm -hmm. this yeah. episode. Um, it's kind of one of those where it's like you don't have this this beautiful, perfect, articulate analysis of of the themes of the film. But again, that's kind of what I enjoy about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I I thank you as always, Cullen. Yeah, uh, you. Me as Cullen. Me as Cullen. Me as Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll edit that. It people have no idea what we're talking about. But maybe I'll <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll edit in like a snippet a uh, as like a postscript or something yeah. after our sign off. But yeah. But hey, thanks again, Colin, for hanging with me and discussing the film. It's this as always, fun. it's a blast. And yeah. everybody out there listening, thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Okay. All right, man. Ready when you are. Yep. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast, episode 60. I am your host, as always, with my co-host, Cullen. Is me. I'm going to start that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. No, it's been a while. That.